And everybody will say, all right. Yes, yes, yes. All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Mitch. No, that's very, uh, <laughs> that's very elaborate. It's very uh, comprehensive, no? The, and lengthy. Can you tell? Time, no? Time is of the essence. So good morning, everyone. No? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Every Nation Bahrain. So I'll try to uh, shorten the introduction. Right? So, uh, let me just introduce myself. I'm Anthony. I'm one of the life group leaders here at Evernation Bahrain. Yeah? So, welcome we're, Welcome to this series. We're, we're, we're in the middle, we're almost in the middle of the series entitled Forward. Right? Forward. So, again, uh, let me introduce myself. May picture come in. Yeah. New picture. New picture. That's me. Obviously. Right? That's me and my wife, Mika Jane. Is she here? Or, ah, Kids Church. She's in Kids Church. Right, so as I've said, uh, I'm one of the campus ministers and life group leaders here at Every Nation, and of course, Every Nation exists to honor God and make disciples. And we we honor God by establishing one church planting churches, two campus ministries, and of course, we go to different nations to preach the gospel. Right, so yeah, so uh, as I've said, our series is entitled Four Word, right? And a while ago, okay, uh, during communion, how many among you were blessed? During our worship a while ago, amen. Wala, the back. Uh, you were all right. Good. All right. I'm oh, just checking. No, just checking. So how many among you were blessed that wonderful worship that we had a while ago? And more than that, we also commemorated. No, we remember. We had our communion. So since we have our communion, we have a quiz. How many among you were listening a while ago, right? So there were two. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so there were two striking words that were mentioned by uh, Pastor Ninong Tito Mitch a while ago. Okay, and that is to commemorate, uh, commemorate or remember okay, what, what, what has Jesus Christ has done on the cross and we proclaim. Now, why did I go back to that? Okay, and what, uh, and it's just, it's just, it is not just to test you, but for us to emphasize okay, the meaning of our series forward. Okay, because the commemoration and what happened on the cross, that's the origin. Eh, right? That's the origin. That's our point zero. And as we move forward, no, we're, we're already saved, we accepted Jesus Christ. No, what, what, what are we going to do next? Right? Because right now, we don't see Jesus Christ with us right now yet. Eh? Right? We're still facing the same challenges, the same problems at work, no, the same annoying classmates if you're still studying, or maybe annoying boss no, that thinks that he's smarter than you are. Right? So you're still experiencing the same misadventures of life. So how do we move forward? Forward. That's the name of our series, Forward. Now, our objective for the series is we want our people. Uh, is it loud? We want our people. <laughs> so we want our people to have a better grasp of the qualities of a disciple, resulting in what? In growth and fruitfulness. Now, as a church movement, we here at Every Nation Bahrain, if we, uh, just, just so you know, we're more concerned with our, with, with, not with the number of people that are attending, no, not, the, not just the number of the people that we're attending, but the quality of disciples that we have, right? Resulting into, resulting to, uh, it's not just a matter of attendance, no? we're, we're quite full today. It's just a matter of that, okay? But rather, what we really look into, we're more concerned of the disciples okay, that are made and how okay, they become fruitful, right? And advance the kingdom of the Lord. Now, the question is, what's a disciple? Now, let's, uh, let's have a little bit of a review. Right? So a disciple in our context, yeah. So a disciple in our context, okay, to define what a disciple is, three things. Number one, 
right? We're a follower of Jesus. Okay? Second is we're fishers of men. And finally, okay, we are also, we also fellowship no, with believers. So there's a relationship that exists, right? Both vertically, no, that's with, with Christ, right? And horizontally, horizontally, right? So that's, that's what a disciple is. Now for the past few weeks, th- as I've said, this is, this is the fifth week that we're having the series uh, forward. Now for the past few weeks, no, the first week we had, we talked about spiritual disciplines. Now how many among you were here during the first week? You forgot what the first week is. It's okay, right? Can you take the names of those people who are just gonna ushers? Just kidding. So week one we had spiritual disciplines. Second we had for the for the week for week two we talk about essential doctrines. Week three we talk about life change. No, how does how does a Christian live out? Okay, his or her Christian life. Week four that's last week we talk about understanding the gospel, and now. Week five, okay, we'll be talking about preaching the gospel. But before we go there, let me tell you a story first. Uh, story time, right? So, yeah, story time. A few weeks ago, okay, a few weeks ago, I, I was absent. I was absent. Uh, actually, it's a half day. No, I, I felt, I felt different. No, I, I went to the clinic. No, I went to the clinic, and uh, I told our nurse there that I don't feel well. So the very first reaction was, sir, you have COVID? No, 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 no. I don't have COVID. <laughs> no. Uh, so what I felt, I, I, I had hypertension. And I think I don't need to explain why I have hypertension, right? It's visibly explanatory, correct? Right? So I went for a half day. So I enjoyed my time. No? I went to the clinic, enjoyed my time. <laughs> I went to the clinic. You know? So I relaxed and distressed through certain methods called mobile gaming, right? And then... The next day, right? The next day, actually, it's um, uh, it was uh, my my HR our HR called me up. Um, Sir Anthony, uh, I'm already fixing the salary, no? so I just want to know, no? did you file your leave of absence? I was like, no, I was as if I was so dumbstruck because I forgot to file my leave of absence. I forgot to ask no, the, the the excuse letter from the clinic that I went to. Right? I was so uh, confused on what to do because that means a deduction in the salary. How many among you wants deductions in our salaries? No one, right? No one. So I have to find a way. Okay? I have to find a way to get that excuse letter. So I went to the clinic and asked for it. Lo and behold, thank God, no, the doctor said, it's okay, I'll give you an excuse letter for your half day, but I will not give you your excuse letter today because I was also absent the next day. So no that the, 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 the point of the story is this. We feel urgency okay when something okay is important or significant to us. Like our salaries, isn't it? The point here is that we consider things urgent when we know for a fact its value and its purpose. Right? If something is not that important it's easy for us to chill, relax, enjoy the time that we have. But when push comes to shove, oh, finally, the gamit ko ulit, yeah. When push comes to shove, and we know for a fact that we needed some, this particular thing, like our salaries, we take action. 
right? That's a normal human reaction. I don't know about you. If you're human, I guess that's your reaction, right? <laughs> so yeah. So my point here is this, right? We consider things urgent when you know its value and purpose. The greater question is, is preaching the gospel a matter of urgency? Right? Is preaching the gospel a matter of urgency? What hinders us in preaching the gospel with urgency? Right? Or maybe the oh, some of you will ask, no? The better question perhaps is, why should we preach the gospel? Now this morning, we will get to realize and learn from the life of Peter as he grows and develops this quality. Now if maybe, is this the introduction of this church? I mean, this is the first time I've been here and I feel guilty already. It's fine, no? Because we will th this morning, we will get to know that Peter himself, what? Grew and developed the quality. Right? But I'm not saying it's an excuse. Right? But he grew and developed the quality. Now, what's this quality that we're talking about? The quality of exhibiting a sense of urgency in preaching the gospel. Right? So are you ready? Ready? Right? This is an introduction. Right? So I would like to invite everyone to stand up to show reverence of the word. And let's go ahead to uh, our text for this morning, which is Acts chapter 10. Verse 34 to 43. So let's, let's all read that, right? Verse 34. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, Preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Verse 39. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. Not to all people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this text that you have given us, this message, this truth that you're about to reveal to us today. Lord, we pray that you will reveal to us your identity, that you will remind us, Lord Jesus, of our greater calling, that our lives here in Bahrain is not just for us to enjoy what it provides us for, but rather, Lord, that you have placed us here, appointed us here in this nation, in this kingdom, to answer your call, and that is to proclaim your word. Lord, help us this morning to re-experience 
to remember, Lord Jesus, and to have that boldness to proclaim of your goodness and of your love to this kingdom. Lord, we thank you. This we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, you may take your seats. All right. All right, so a little bit of context, right? A little bit of context before we continue, right? So what I've read is actually a portion of Acts. And of course, if you're going to look at, uh, can you go to verse 34? Verse 34. Yeah. So we're going to look at verse 34. Now, obviously, it started with so. 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 So you know for a fact, no, English teacher, right? So if you know for a fact that, that so, right, is a conjunction word. So it's actually connecting, right, an idea, and prior to that is another idea, right? So it's difficult for us to fully understand and grasp what the, this verse, okay, what this v- set of verses means without looking at what happened or what was written before it, right? So a little bit of context. Now, you know the main character, okay, Peter, Right, Peter, who was actually what? He was actually called by Jesus to be a fisher of man. Right? You know. Thank you, Google. Right? So he he was called by Jesus to be a fisher of man. Actually, we'll see that in Matthew, Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, where it says there, and he said to them, That's Jesus, okay, talking to Peter, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Right? Clear, no? So Peter, we know, for him, we know for a fact that he, being a follower of Christ, he followed this command, you know, that he will become a fisher of man. And as a matter of fact, in the, in the text that we have read, that's Acts chapter 10, so obviously there's Acts chapter 1 to 9, by logic, right? There's, there's Acts chapter 1 to 9. So in those particular sets of chapters, okay, we, we will see that Peter actually followed what Jesus commanded. And what did Jesus command? If we're going to look at Ma- Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, right? Oh, basic. You should know this, right? Right? So it says there, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So technically, Peter was doing that. He was going and making disciples. However, from Acts chapter 1 to chapter 9, he was doing it partially. He was going and making disciples, but not of all nations. How many among you follows Jesus, but it's, you know, half-hearted? 50-50, it's okay. I will follow you, 70%. The 30%, I'll leave it for tomorrow. Okay? How many among you are under the lordship of Christ, but it's semi, semi-lordship? No? As if something exists, right? There's none. Purple book chapter 2, Lord of all or none at all. Right? So Peter was somehow partially following this. Now Peter was preaching the gospel for three years. Okay, but he's, as I've said, it's just a portion of the command. Why so? Because Peter, just like you and me, okay, he's also facing challenges. How many among you doesn't have challenges in life? What a question, right? Because I know for a fact that each and every one of us has his, her, has his or her own, <laughs> grammar, grammar, Anthony, right? His or her own 
face uh, challenges, right? We have our own set of challenges, and we have our own reasons, okay, or hindrances. Now, Peter was having his own set of those. Now, a little bit of context, Peter, we know, for, we know him that he's actually a Jew, right? And Jews back then, they're highly dedicated, and they are highly in love with who they are. That means their culture, their identity. As young as they were, they were already indoctrinated. Wow, what a word, indoctrinated, right? They're already familiar, familiar, basic. They're already familiar of the different laws, traditions, and practices of being a Jew. So imagine his love, his familiarity of the culture. And one more thing about Jewish people back then is that they have a certain degree of hatred and disdain, like you, yuck, right? To other cultures, right? Because they hold on fast with that identity of theirs. That's why it's difficult for him, okay, to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You see the struggle there, right? So Peter was having that difficulty. And this is actually what? His hindrance. That, that prevents him in preaching the gospel. How about you? What's hindering you to preach the gospel? Is it your busy workload? You know, you're overwhelmed with work. Eh? I'm kind of busy, man. To you know, no time for church. Ew. Kind of busy. Right? Is it your political beliefs? Right? Political beliefs, Filipinos, oh no. That political beliefs, right? That you, you how you believe, that color, you, right? That's why I wear green. I kind of see. You know, I was about to wear something else, but, you know. So, is, it, is that what's stopping you? Your political allegiance? Your political beliefs? Is it your personal ability? Maybe, you know, I feel, I, I feel incompetent. I'm not really that good in English, so I can't speak, you know. Or maybe you have racist thoughts, like, oh, I don't like their practices in their country. Or maybe, you know, you're, you're, you're intimidated by a person's race, right? Now, this morning, we'll be reminded as to what disciples or how should disciples live their lives and have that sense of urgency in preaching the gospel. But more than that, we'll be reminded that no matter what our inadequacies are, no matter what those hindrances are, our insecurities, no matter what they are, they're nothing compared to the greater calling of preaching the gospel. Because what Jesus Christ has done on the cross is more than the inad inadequacy that you're feeling right now. Right? Right. Yes. So, as I've said, this morning we'll be reminded, as followers of Christ, as fishers of men, okay, what are those particular things that we need to remember about the gospel itself? Right? Let's go to point one. Our point one is this, that the gospel is for everyone. Verse 34, So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. This is Peter. The Peter with the hindrances a while ago, right? If you have to remember, okay, 
I opened the idea that it's, it's, this verse starts with so. Because what happened, okay, verses before that, is we see Peter struggling. Okay, he had a vision, right? He had a vision, okay, of this cloth that's being spread in the corners of the world with the different animals, and he was asked to eat and kill one of them to consume those animals. But this is a Jew that we're talking to. He cannot do that. Oh, why can't he do that? Oh, read your Bible. Diba? Leviticus, Deuteronomy. No, read your Bible. No, it's not a display. Right? It's not a display. You should read them. Right? So, yeah, it's your burden. It's not mine. But anyway, so, yeah, what I'm saying is, right, what I'm saying here is that Peter, okay, cannot just understand what that vision is. How on earth will I eat this beast or these kinds of animals? I'm a Jew. Until, right, Cornelius, okay, Cornelius, a Roman centurion, came to him. And as a matter of fact, this is what he said before Cornelius. So imagine that's so, right? Then going back to Peter, who was having those struggles, right, that he can't just, you know, let go of his traditions, his identity, his culture. Here he, here he is now saying, so Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. Now, if partiality is a kind of rare word to you, okay, let's go to CSB, right? CSB says, now I truly understand that God doesn't show favoritism. Favoritism. Now, what does this imply? That us Christians, as followers of Christ, if God shows no favoritism, so that means we should preach the gospel in every people, every generation, and every nation. Now, let me go back to my question a while ago. What stops you in preaching the gospel? Maybe it's the same area. Okay? Just kept on coming back. It's all coming back to me now. Kind of thing. Right? A sin that has become your identity. That No, I will not sing. Right? And I, a sin that has become a part of you. Or maybe you feel inferior. You're incompetent. Right? Guess what? You're not going to do this alone. And it's not about you in the first place. The Holy Spirit is in you completing God's work in you. Now, let me. this reminds me, when I was preparing for this preaching, I was reminded of my past days. Care for a story? It doesn't matter if you care or not because I'm going to tell it. <laughs> Basta sino. I'm going to tell it. Alright? So back then, what stopped me in relating to people, building a relationship with a certain life group is because of my arrogance. Picture me. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's not me. Right? Kinda. No, not kinda. It doesn't, it's not me. All right, obviously. It's because of my arrogance. Right? Back then, I was supposed to be part of a life group. But I felt that, you know, why will I be part of this life group? I'm way smarter than these people. Like, hello, look at what they're doing, their lifestyle, man. I'm like, so, ew. Condescending is the word, right? 
oh, yeah, ad, ad to your list, ah, condescending. So I feel that, you know, I'm way above. I'm more privileged, right? So the, the arrogance, right? The pride of this guy. Okay, that's me, right? Before. Before, right? So that stopped me from sharing the gospel. I mean, why would I approach you? You don't, you, when you ask a question, you say, did you saw? Why will I, will I be, why will I, why will I be approaching you? Did you saw? Grammatical mistake, did you saw, right? So that's how arrogant I was. Oh, you didn't get the joke? Did, do you want me to write it down? Did, past tense, do, yeah? Did you saw? But what, did saw? Right, you get it? So that's how particular I was. That's how arrogant I was. That I, that, that I'm actually monitoring everybody's English language as if I'm an L1 speaker, but I'm not. Right? The arrogance of this, the audacity. Right? The audacity of this thing. Right? Right? So, imagine that stops me. That's what's hindering me in, in preaching the gospel or even part of a life group. <laughs> right. Sorry, my iPad is not cooperating there. So, this is actually a question that I have to myself as well. What part or aspect of my life is actually stopping me in engaging, in reaching out, and proclaiming the good news of God? You know, another story that I was reminded was that last week we had our graduation. But actually, if you don't know, I'm a teacher. I, I don't look like one, right? But yes, I do teach, right? So we just had our graduation, and I saw my beloved students graduating. Beloved. Beloved, right? And you know what's hard for me? It's not really of them leaving, because as a teacher, you should, that should be your, your default that you should not be let, you should be, you know, ready to let go of those relationships that you have had. But you know what's more difficult is this. When, I, when their names were being called, okay, what's hard for me is, what have I done to share the word of God to these people? That's what's hard. Now, the better, import, the better question for us to answer is this. I want you to think of those inadequacies that you have. Are you thinking of them now? Hold on to those ideas. Okay? And then try to answer this question. What is more important in this world than an eternal life in Christ? So compare your inadequacy that prevents you okay, from sharing the gospel to the eternal life that you can give and could share to other people. Is it really just fine for you that the person sitting next to you, maybe your coworker, your student, your co-teacher, okay, or whatever community that you're in, is it really fine for you to later on see that they will perish in hell and you, have, you could have done something but you chose not to because of your insecurities, your inadequacies, your extra baggage, is it just fine for you? Well, that's a very difficult question to answer. Again, we are called to set aside 
all the seemingly significant things of this world for a greater calling, and that is to preach the gospel to everyone. As fishers of men, we are to be what? We are to be selfless in preaching the gospel. Right? We're, we're, we should be selfless. We ought to be selfless in preaching the gospel. Now to point two, right? When Kuya Mitch said it's 1 hour 30, he meant that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so, yeah, point two, all right? So let's go to point two, and that is preaching the gospel is actually what? An act of love. So it is said that if we're truly followers of Christ, then our default nature is that what people see, okay, whenever we're part of a community, is that particular characteristic. And what is that? That's love. Love must be our Christian's defining characteristic that sets us apart because we're followers of Christ. Now, it's, it is said in John 13, 35, th again, this is not me who invented this stuff, okay? It's actually Jesus Christ. In John 13, 35, it says here, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have what? Love for one another. Right? So as we grow in the Spirit, we can demonstrate this love. No, we can deal with people regardless of how difficult, of how wrong their grammar are. Grammar is, oh, maluting grammar. Grammar is, right? We develop a different character because we become more and more like Christ. Again, love is the fruit of the Holy Spirit working in us. And this love, okay, this love, that we experience through Jesus Christ, its greatest expression is to us moving out of our comfort zones. It's us moving out of those inadequacies and really being bold enough to preach the gospel. It's us moving away from our insecurities because again, the mission is greater than what the world offers us. Withholding the good news that could save someone's life in eternity is perhaps the greatest example of what cruelty is. And as followers of Christ, we know for a fact and we experience, not just know it, it's not just you know in our heads, but we experience it. And that experience its overflow is that expression of that proclamation of the gospel. Preaching the gospel is an overflow of that love, of that hope that is in us. Now, what's that hope? Acts 10.43, it says here, To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. That hope is found in no other than Jesus Christ. And as fishers of men, we are to be conduits, an extension okay, of God's love. Now, the question is, uh, I think it's very easy to say, you know, that we are to be conduits you know, as, reflect, as, you know, as a reflection of Christ's love. But how? 
how are we going to do that? Right? How are you going to do that? Now, we have to remember this point three, and I'm about to end. Oh, happy, happy? I'm about to end. Yeah. So, point three. The gospel must be preached so that it may be received. Acts chapter 10, verse 42, it says here, And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Preaching the gospel is a command by God. Let me repeat that. Preaching the gospel is a command by God. And as I've said a while ago, it's an overflow. Preaching the gospel or doing one-to-one is not technically to be part of that post a while ago. No, your picture, your face is seen here. It's not about that. It's more, again, it's more than the recognition that we will get. But if we truly understand and if we truly experience what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us, the only response is to share and proclaim that good news. Now, maybe you're having a hard time okay, in sharing that good news. Maybe it's a bit, the high question is, do we have you truly experience or truly understand what God has done for you on the cross? Now, let me show you a graph. It's a graph. I will not, this is not a business proposal. Huh? Let me show you this graph. This, this graph shows us the number of people who died due to COVID in Bahrain. It's up to 1,480 okay, in a given day. 1,480. I don't know what were you doing in the past few weeks or during the pandemic. You felt pain, you felt sorrow losing a loved one. You were too frustrated on losing your work. The loss of resources of your salary. I'm not invalidating what you felt. Because we're humans. And of course, we're susceptible to emotions. But imagine this 1,480 people. How many among them have heard the gospel, the good news of God. That their sins were forgiven by Jesus Christ who died on the cross and resurrected after three days. I don't know what you're doing during these times. During these times that they were dying. We could have or we could have had that opportunity to share the gospel to them. Now, this is not guilt tripping you. Because actually, I'm also part of those people that were, you know, chill. I'm okay, I'm safe, right? No, chill muna. Relax. I'm not affected by this. But this death toll, and death happens even up to the second that we're talking right now, or preaching right now. The question is, isn't that enough sense of urgency for us to proclaim the gospel. Here in this kingdom, this kingdom 
needs to experience the love of God. And as Christians, we are the agents, the conduits for them to experience that same compassion that we experience. This kingdom has to experience God's love. And the compassion that we receive from God, that same compassion that we receive when we were still His enemies. The question is, how can they hear of the good news if we will not preach? It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 14 to 15, I'm about to end, right? It says here, how, how then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. As pessimistic as it may sound, everyone around us are bound to be doomed. And as Christians, the sense of urgency in preaching the gospel should be common sense. As Christians, it should be our lifestyle, our nature, to share what we have experienced, to share the Jesus Christ that we have a relationship with. As fishers of men, we are who selflessly preach the gospel with eyes of compassion. Not because we can, but we can only be doing that because Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And we know for a fact that Jesus Christ is the greatest equalizer no race, no age, no amount of salary, no amount of talent or skill, nor positions. The need for salvation is equal to each and every one of us. And we as Christians, we bear the solution to the problem of eternal death. And that is the gospel, the good news. So I hope that you will not just be thinking, you know, this will not just be common knowledge, but rather you will have that encouragement, that boldness to proclaim who Jesus is to the communities that we belong into. Let's pray. Uh, so I'll stand up. Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for this message that you've given us this morning. Lord, we pray that we get to re-experience. We get to re-experience who you are. Lord, in this room, I know, Lord Jesus, that there are so many people here that have experienced pain, experiencing worries, Lord Jesus. Pains that cannot just be put into words or cannot even be shared. Lord, I pray that you comfort them. 
Make them feel your love, Lord Jesus. That they may be able to reflect as well, Lord, what they have experienced, this relationship that they had with you. Lord, I pray that you will also give us the boldness as followers of Christ, Lord, that you will also give us that boldness, that readiness to go, Lord Jesus, to go and proclaim your word, that boldness to go and the boldness to let go, Lord Jesus, of this extra baggages that we have. Lord, we pray that we will claim our inheritance in you. Lord, we pray that you will connect each and every one of us, okay, to those people here in this kingdom that are also dying and are ready to hear and receive your word. I pray, Lord, that as members of this church, that the church that we will not stop. And as every nation or every king, every household, Lord Jesus, or every campus in this kingdom has known your word. Lord, I pray that as a church you'll give us that boldness. Empower us, Lord Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. Let us not be complacent. Let us not be intoxicated, Lord, by the provision that we get here in Bahrain. But rather, Lord, give us that sense of, remind us, Lord, of that sense of urgency in preaching your gospel to the communities, to the schools that you have placed us in. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we humble ourselves to you, Lord, and we just lift to you all our worries, our anxieties, Lord Jesus. Remind us that our true security is found in you. Lord, we thank you. This we ask in your mighty name. Amen. Now let's receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. All right. All right. So... Thank you, everyone. I hope that you are not just encouraged no, by the word, but rather you will go out with boldness and proclaiming the gospel, the communities that you're in. Thank you, everyone. You're now dismissed. <laughs>